Good morning, everyone. You can open up your Bibles to the book of Numbers. You'll see in your bulletin the passages that we'll be reading from Numbers chapter 3 and chapter 4. Now, last week, as we began our study of the book of Numbers, we saw that the Lord was preparing Israel for this long journey home. And part of that preparation was taking a census of Israel. He was numbering his people as they were about to set out. However, if you remember from last week, the Levites were not included in the initial count of Israel. Since they were to serve as priests and guardians of the tabernacle, they were to be numbered and arranged separately. And that is what we read about this week in Numbers 3 and 4. The census of the Levites and how they were to be arranged and the service that they would perform in the tabernacle. Yet our focus this morning will be on the concept of the firstborn. And how the Levites in their service point us to faith in God's one and only son. So if you would look down at your text starting in Numbers chapter 3 verse 11. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Behold, I have taken the Levites from among the people of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the people of Israel. The Levites shall be mine for all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I consecrated for my own all the firstborn of Israel, both of man and of beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, List the sons of Levi by fathers' houses and by clans. Every male from a month old and upward you shall list. So Moses listed them according to the word of the Lord. As he was commanded. And these were the sons of Levi by their names. Garshon and Kohath and Merai. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying. Take the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the people of Israel. And the cattle of the Levites instead of their cattle. The Levites shall be mine. I am the Lord. And as the redemption price. For the 273 of the firstborn of the people of Israel, over and above the number of the male Levites, you shall take five shekels per head. You shall take them according to the shekel of the sanctuary, the shekel of 20 geras, and give the money to Aaron and his sons as the redemption price for those who are over. So Moses took the redemption money from those who were over and above those redeemed by the Levites. From the firstborn of the people of Israel, he took the money, 1,365 shekels, by the shekel of the sanctuary. And Moses gave the redemption money to Aaron and his sons, according to the word of the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. And all those who were listed of the Levites, whom Moses and Aaron and the chiefs of Israel listed by their clans and their fathers' houses from 30 years old up to 50 years old, everyone who could come to do the service of ministry and the service of bearing burdens in the tent of meeting, those listed were 8,580. 
According to the commandment of the Lord through Moses, they were listed, each one with his task of serving or carrying. Thus, they were listed by him as the Lord commanded Moses. This is God's holy word for us, his people. Let us pray. Blessed you are, Lord, great God, everlasting, sovereign God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. O God, whom we long to know, O burning fire within our souls, grant to us Your Holy Spirit, that in knowing Your Word, we might know Your presence, and in following Your ways, we might live in Your light, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The tenth and final plague of Egypt was the death of the firstborn son. When the conflict between Pharaoh and the Lord God began, the Lord warned Pharaoh through Moses in Exodus 4, Israel is my firstborn son, and I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. As you remember, the Lord brings plague after plague upon Egypt to convince Pharaoh to release the people of Israel from slavery, that they might serve him. Yet Pharaoh continues to harden his heart against the Lord. So the Lord finally enacts the tenth and final judgment, the death of the firstborn son. Every family in Egypt was affected. Every firstborn son in every household would die. Whether Hebrew or Egyptian, for the Lord laid claim to them all, they all belonged to Him. The punishment for disobedience to the Lord would be brought down upon the firstborn as a representative of the whole family. Yet the Lord, in His grace, offered a substitute for the firstborn. A replacement. If a family were to sacrifice a lamb and place the blood of the sacrifice on the doorposts of the home, all who were within would be passed over. The blood of the lamb would redeem them from this final plague. And so we read in Exodus 12, For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague shall befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. You see, a death occurred in every house in Egypt that night. Those who placed their faith in the word of the Lord, it was the death of the lamb. Yet those who rejected God's word, it was the death of the firstborn. You see, this is how the Lord brought deliverance to His people. He executed judgment against the firstborn of each household. A curse was placed upon them as they represented their family. Their blood was required. And yet, those who placed their faith in the Word of the Lord were given a substitute who would redeem the whole house from the curse of death. 
in our passage for this morning, what we will see is that the Lord continues to graciously offer a substitute for His people. In the tribe of Levi, a substitute, a replacement is given so that the whole household of God may be set free from their bondage to sin. Today, as we come to our text in Numbers, we continue to return to this idea of the firstborn. The Levites are taken instead of the firstborn. They serve as the firstborn and they must redeem the firstborn of Israel. And we may think that all this talk of the firstborn has little to do with us today until we realize that without a firstborn acting as our representative, as our Redeemer, and as our replacement, none of us could stand before the Lord. It is the firstborn who saves His family. And for us to know the salvation of God, we must have faith in the firstborn over our family. Now the first thing I want to point out from our text is that we must have faith in the firstborn as the representative of the family. Now we live in a culture that doesn't have much of a working understanding of corporate solidarity or covenant headship. Yet in the kingdom of God, we are accounted innocent or guilty based upon our covenantal head. Now what do I mean by that? Well, when the Lord entered into a relationship with our first father, Adam the firstborn over every single human being, he made a covenant promise that life would be given to him if he obeyed and death would come to him and to his children if he disobeyed. He stood as the representative of all who would come after him. And what happened? Well, he rebelled. He disobeyed. And therefore we read in Romans 5, sin came into the world through one man, And death through sin, so death spread to all men. Whether we like it or not, whether we think it's fair or not, the head of the human race, Adam, served as our representative. If he obeyed, we would have had life. But since he disobeyed, sin and death spread to every single human being. And we can become so individualistic in our understanding of our, of how we come before God. And while we each retain responsibility for our individual actions, there is a reason that every single human being sins. There's a reason that every single one of us dies. There is a reason that every single human being is affected by sin. And it's because our representative, the head of our family, Adam, sinned on our behalf. When we elect a representative to Congress, she has the right to act on behalf of her district. When she votes yes, we vote yes. When she votes no, we vote no. And in the kingdom of God, we are each under a representative. And what we see in our text is that the Lord has chosen to take the tribe of Levi as the representatives of the people of Israel. 
It's to them that the task of caring for and guarding the tabernacle goes. It's to them that the sacrifices are to be made through. They are given over to the Lord as the firstborn over all Israel. As it says in verse 12 of chapter 3, Behold, I have taken the Levites from among the people of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the people of Israel. The Levite shall be mine, for all the firstborn are mine. You see, the firstborn were to represent the whole congregation of Israel in their service to the Lord. Yet the Lord takes the Levites in this role. To set up, to break down, to carry, and to minister in the tabernacle. Through their service to the Lord, the whole congregation of Israel were represented and blessed. Through their service of proper worship, the maintenance of the relationship between Israel and the Lord continued. Yet what we will see as we go through the book of Numbers is that in their role as representatives, the Levites did not only bring blessing to Israel, but they also brought curses. Sin and rebellion finds its way into their ranks. And so just as Adam failed as a representative of his people, so too did the Levites fail as the firstborn. And by their sin, punishment comes not only to them, but to the whole nation. And one might say, well... This isn't fair. Should not each person stand or fall based upon their own choices? Should not each one be judged according to their own deeds and not the deeds of their representative? Why would the Lord choose Adam to represent us? Why would such a place be given to the firstborn? Why would such a responsibility be given to only one tribe in Israel? Why does the the Lord judge according to the deeds of the firstborn? Why? For the sake of grace. You see, God gives us a representative so that we might be given grace. For while Adam fell and the Levites failed, they were only shadows of the firstborn who was to come. The representative that would be given. For the Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians 1.15 that Christ is the firstborn over all creation. That is, Christ stands at the head of a new family, one of which He is the firstborn, the representative, the new Adam, so that we might receive grace and forgiveness because of His representative actions. As Paul explains, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. You see, while it goes against our individualistic notions of fairness, the truth is we will be judged by who represents us. We will be blessed or we will be cursed based upon who stands as the firstborn of our family. And every single one of us, every single human being will have one firstborn over them. We are all born into Adam and are under a curse. 
but by faith in the firstborn that the Lord places before us as a representative. If we place our faith in Christ, He becomes our firstborn. He becomes our representative. And we are saved and blessed. By setting aside the Levites as a representative of the people of Israel, the Lord is displaying to us that He will provide a new firstborn. One who will represent His people and win for them the blessing of righteousness. And if you would know this blessing, then you must place your faith in the firstborn over all creation. The Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first thing we see, is that we must have faith in our representative. The next thing that we see in our text for this morning is that we must have faith in our Redeemer. Throughout Scripture, the firstborn was not only the representative of his family, but he was also given the role of Redeemer. Now, a Redeemer is one who buys back with a price. The people of Israel had become slaves in the land of Egypt and the Lord redeemed them. That is, He bought them out of slavery through the death of the firstborn. It was by their death that release was purchased. Now in our passage, what we see is that the Lord is calling the Levites to act as the redeemer of the people of Israel. They are called upon through the offering of their lives in service and sacrifice to redeem the firstborn of Israel. Look down at verse 49 of chapter 3. You'll see this redeeming role they play. It says, So Moses took the redemption money from those who were over and above those redeemed by the Levites. From the firstborn of the people of Israel, he took the money, 1,365 shekels, by the shekel of the sanctuary. And Moses gave the redemption money to Aaron and his sons, according to the word of the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. Now what's happening in this text? Needs a little explanation, doesn't it? Well, what's happening is, each Levite must redeem one firstborn of Israel. There had to be a one-to-one correlation between the two. Every firstborn from the tribes of Israel had to have an individual redeemer from Levi. But when the numbers were compared, because we had a count from chapters 1 and 2, and then we have a count in chapters 3 and 4, and the numbers are compared, there's 273 fewer Levites than there are firstborns of Israel. So the Lord commanded that an actual redemption price be paid for each Levite lacking. The firstborns had to be redeemed. They could not be left out. So the price was paid so that all of Israel would be covered by the redemption that the Lord was giving in the Levites. The idea of redemption means that one is in bondage and must be released through the payment of a price. And the Lord raises up the tribe of Levi to display His grace of providing a Redeemer for all His people. The redemption that we see in our passage for this morning is a sufficient redemption. 
That means the price was paid in full. The Lord ensured that there was nothing lacking, but that each and every one of His people were covered by a Redeemer. The Lord knows the number of His people. He knows their need. He knows the price that must be paid so that they might be released from their bondage. And yet the Levites only serve as a shadow of the redemption that was to come in the Lord Jesus Christ. What a mighty testimony to the value and the sufficiency of the blood of Jesus. For each household had to be covered by the blood of their firstborn. And the redemption price paid for the firstborn was the life of a Levite. Only one family could be covered by one Levite. Yet the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ covers all of creation. His blood is of such value that there need not be any extra silver paid for redemption. Nothing is lacking in Christ. For the book of Hebrews tells us, He entered once and for all into the holy places, not by the means of blood of goats and calves, but by the mean of His own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. The blood of Jesus is of such value that His redemption is eternal and it covers all of His people. Throughout history, the church has had a desire to add to the redemption price paid by Christ, not only as an institution, but as individuals. There has been a desire within us to add our redemption prayers to add our redemption rituals, our redemption good works, our redemption silver. But there is no need to add to the redemption price paid in the Lord Jesus Christ. For while the life of the Levites could only redeem a limited number of people, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient to cover all of His people. And therefore, We must have faith in the Redeemer the Lord has provided. We must have faith that not just He has provided for the redemption of one family in Christ, but He has provided for the redemption of all of those who come to Him in faith. Christ has provided the redemption every single one of His people needs. And so we must have faith in our representative. We must have faith in our Redeemer. And the final thing that we see is that we must have faith in our replacement. Look down at verse 11 of our text. We read there, And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Behold, I have taken the Levites from among the people of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the people of Israel. The Levites shall be mine, for all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I consecrated for my own all the firstborn in Israel, both of man and of beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord. The word I want you to see in that text is instead. Instead. The Lord is taking Levi instead of the firstborn of Israel. The Levites are the replacement. They are the substitute for the firstborn. 
As the text says, the Lord had claimed the firstborn of Israel as his own. They were the redemption price that was paid for release from Egypt. They belonged to the Lord. Yet in his grace, he has provided a substitute for the firstborn, a replacement. Now we see two reasons why. First, he provided a replacement sacrifice. In the Passover, we see a lamb was given instead of the firstborn son. A sacrifice was given in the Passover lamb. Second, the Levites are given to the service of the Lord instead of the firstborn. Now, in their service, the tribe of Levi were divided by their three main clans. Each clan was given specific duties. The clan of the Kohathites was given the duty of carrying and caring for the most holy things of the tabernacle. The Gershonites were given the duty of carrying and set up all of the hangings of the tabernacle. And finally, the Merarites were given the duty of the framework. They're the ones that set up all the poles for the tabernacle. They were each given these duties to serve on behalf of all of Israel. And you can read about them in the chapters 3 and 4 of Numbers if you want all the details. But for our focus this morning we see that these clans of Levi were given to the service of the Lord instead of the firstborn of Israel. The Lord in His grace continually provides a substitute for His people. And again, Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of this work of the Lord. For just as the service of the Levites was given instead of the firstborn, so too does the Lord Jesus take the service that we are to give And He provides it in our stead. For Christ is given as a replacement for us. He is our substitute. And the Lord is willing to take His sacrifice and the Lord is willing to take His service in our stead. And so while we have failed in our service to the Lord in that we have broken His law, Christ is given so that He might serve the Lord perfectly on our behalf. He never failed. He always did the proper thing. And so our replacement has earned for us the blessing of the Lord. And therefore, we must have faith in our replacement. We must trust that He has served the Lord well in our place and that through His service, we will be accepted before the Lord. You see, through the service of the Levi, the Lord is teaching His people to place their faith in the representative, in the Redeemer, and in the replacement that He provides. This is a lesson that He's been teaching His people from the very beginning. In Genesis 22, we read of another son whom the Lord claimed as His own. Abraham had waited so long to have a son. But after receiving his son Isaac, the Lord said to Abraham, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And in faith, Abraham obeyed the Lord. 
He went to Moriah. He bound his son and he was prepared to offer his firstborn son to the Lord as the firstborn over a chosen nation of Israel to represent Israel as a sacrifice. Yet in his grace, the Lord provided a replacement. We read, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. You see, From the beginning of His chosen people, the Lord has provided a representative to redeem His people from their sin. A replacement has been given to die in their place. Here in Genesis, it's a ram. In the land of Egypt, it was the Passover lamb. In the tabernacle, it was the sacrifices offered by the Levites. And they were all pointing to, and they were all preparing God's people to look in faith to the Lord's provision of a firstborn over all people who would lay down His life as the Lamb of God. For when the Lord offered His Son Jesus, no replacement was given. You see, when the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross, there was no substitute. The firstborn and the Lamb became one in the Lord Jesus Christ. He did not come away from the sacrifice that was given, but He laid down His life as the firstborn over His church. Therefore, we must come to faith in Christ. We must trust Him as the representative who will represent us before God. We must trust the redemption price that has been fully paid in Christ. And we must trust Him as our replacement. The One who served on our behalf and died on our behalf. That we might come before the Lord and receive the eternal blessing. Life forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we come to You this morning and we pray, let Your Gospel come to us, not in word only, but in power and in much assurance, and in the Holy Spirit, that we may be guided into all truth and strengthened unto all obedience and fulfilling of Your will with faithfulness. May we abound in the works of faith, the labors of love, and the patience of hope, that we may finally be made partakers of the inheritance of the saints purchased for us through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.